Hello, and thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of Derrida, Louisiana, recorded at our 10 o'clock service on Sunday, April 2nd, 2017. The text for the day is found in Ezekiel, the 37th chapter, verses 1 through 14. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. He said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin. And put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I had been commanded, and as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked, and there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, mortal, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, a vast multitude. Then he said to me, Mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people. I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you on your own soil. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord. There is an epidemic in our society that has run below the surface for many years, but it has found its niche in the world that is more connected than at any point in the human history. This epidemic is ripping apart so many lives It is ripping apart families. It is ripping apart friendships. It is ripping apart everything we hold dear. It is something that was manifest pretty acutely last year. And I submit to you is getting worse this year. And this is an epidemic that affects everyone in American life. Male, female, black, white, rich, old, poor, Yankee, Southern, liberal, conservative. I am, of course, speaking of the epidemic of confirmation bias. It is that illness where you and I have a habit of hearing things in only one way and looking at things in only one way. And when we're confronted with 
some things that don't jihad with our viewpoint, it causes anger and bitterness and rage. I will tell you that at the urging of my wife, I overcame a lot of this illness, and it lowered my blood pressure, and it made my life much more harmonious at home. When in 2004, after many years of addiction, I kicked the cable news habit. I kicked it cold turkey. And I kicked it cold turkey because I realized that when I'm getting angry and bitter and I'm raging at some talking head on the TV who's never heard of me, and because I can't write a big enough check to buy them off, they don't care what I think. And what good was it doing to allow my emotions to get run up by a bunch of talking heads in a studio on the East Coast? But it's something that we all do in one way or another. We like to look at things through our vantage point. And we can see things only that way. And as we move toward Easter, confirmation bias also can kill the church. And it can kill the soul. Because when we have our preconceived notions of who God is, and we have our preconceived notions on how God operates, we're going to miss Easter Sunday. We're going to miss... Good Friday is going to be repugnant to us. And Monday, Thursday is going to make absolutely no sense. For who in their right mind would sit down at, di at dinner with someone they know is going to hand them over to the authorities in less than 24 hours lead to your death. This week's passage from Ezekiel deals with our need to get over confirmation bias. Because in this passage, God is having a wonderful conversation with Ezekiel. And back in those days, they didn't, have they didn't have drone strikes. They didn't have GPS. When they went to battle, they were literally facing each other. And the, and the valley that is known as the Valley of Dry Bones, a lot of biblical historians, a lot of archaeologists look at, is it must have been a place where there was a huge battle raging at one time. And these bones are left aside. And when we look at these bones, we allow ourselves to just be thinking, all right, they're done. There's nothing there. And through this story, let's make no mistake about it, the story of Ezekiel is not about dry bones. This story is not about Ezekiel. And as we've learned from over the years, it's not about us. But this interchange between Ezekiel and God is something we eavesdrop upon in order to discover more about our great God. I think about this often because where you and I see death, Christ sees life. 
One of the great joys of Good Friday, and yes, I do use the term joy. One of the great joys of Good Friday of why I am adamant be here on Good Friday is the joy of knowing that when Christ breathed His last breath, evil realized at that point it hadn't won. Because death is not the most powerful thing in the world. God's grace is the most powerful thing in the world. And this story of Ezekiel and God looking at the valley of the dry bones challenges you and I to look at life through different perspectives, to cast aside our confirmation bias and to make us focus not on what we see, but on what God sees. And that's hard for us because we are creatures of habit. And whether we're 18 months old and we don't get to watch our Disney Junior every day, or whether we are 40-something years old, and dealing with things that have gone on, or whether we're 70 years old and recounting things throughout our life. This passage today makes you and I ask the question, are you sure? And you better look again. God said to Ezekiel, mortal, can these bones live? And Ezekiel answered, O oh Lord God, you know. You notice Ezekiel didn't try to give God a great answer. He didn't try to come up with some theory. But Ezekiel reminds you and I to ask, to make the statement, Lord, only you know. Because the first thing we have to realize from today is that the truly wise and faithful know the limits of human understanding. The truly wise and faithful know the limits of human understanding. Because here's what happens. After Ezekiel said, O Lord God, you know. Ezekiel said, or God said to Ezekiel, prophesy to these bones. And then Ezekiel prophesied as I had been commanded, as he had been commanded, and as he prophesied. Suddenly there was a noise, a rattling, and the bones came together bone to bone. I looked, and there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. The bones had come together in ways that no human being could, fa could fathom. What are the bones in your life that are strewn about that God's trying to bring together? And what is keeping us from accepting that promise? The answer, of course, is our confirmation bias. Because we can only look at things from our perspective. And yet we see here that to see all of God's creation in its proper context, we must be willing to look at things from God's perspective. 
We must be willing to look at things beyond our own limited understanding and allow ourselves to say to God, not only as we journey to Easter, but as we journey through life, Oh Lord God, only you know. And where you and I would make up our mind when we see a valley of dry bones that there's nothing happening here but deterioration, God sees life. Where are the valley of dry bones in your life? Where are the valleys of dry bones in your life? And how are you helping to facilitate God bringing them back together? But the story doesn't finish there. He goes on, he says, Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, mortal, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded to me, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, a vast multitude. When we follow God's lead, we should expect a miracle beyond anything we can comprehend. It was funny, this morning in confirmation class we were talking about miracles. And we realized the miracle so often is the unexpected. But we also learned that the miracle is the one most missed. Because you and I have our confirmation bias. And we think of miracles in certain ways but not others. One of the beautiful things about being a United Methodist in the Wesleyan tradition is that we are trained from the beginning that the fact that we exist is a miracle. And we exist because of God's grace. And we can testify to that no matter what. It's what allows us to look one another in the eye and say, you are loved. And you are loved not because of what you do, but you are loved because of the God who made you. I think often of the mission that Aaron and I did in Cambodia in 2005 with our friend Esther, when I look at the Valley of the Dry Bones. Because at that time, the custom was before you could start your mission. The Cambodians took you out to the killing fields. They took us out to tool slaying, where we saw the cells where the genocide occurred. We saw the temple stacked with the skulls. And I was telling someone about that when we got back, and they went, my God, preacher, why is that important? Who would want to see that? And yet, our Cambodian host told us, where you see a tower of skulls, we see a stark reminder of our past, and it reminds us to never allow ourselves to get in position to where that can ever happen again. What really scared me about going to the killing fields was the fact that all that had happened in my lifetime. And yet these Cambodians who were there, who were the survivors, 
who were the next generation. They had a choice. They could look at that tower full of skulls and say, you know what? We just don't want to think about it. We don't want to deal with it. And you and I would have been okay with that. But they chose to look at those bones through a different lens. They looked at those bones as motivation. They looked at those bones as a way to inspire. For they never forgot. They never forgot God's work there. And how God, in the midst of all of that, still left the possibility for greatness. As we enter, as we finish up this, my question for you is simply this. What are the dry, valley of the dry bones in your life? Where is it that your confirmation bias needs to be set aside? so that you could see the glory of the Lord's work in ways you could not possibly imagine because of your short-sightedness? I want to invite you to take a look at your life and ask once again, are you sure? You better look again. Ezekiel, and by extension the church for millennia, look at those valley of the dry bones. And we see not despair, we do not see desolation, we do not see death. We see the potential for life. Starting next Sunday, we are going to be journeying through Holy Week. Every day we're going to be having something to observe the season. I want to invite you between now and next week, collect all the dry bones that are in the valley of your life. And bring them with you. And let's see if God can't do the miracle of bringing life to us once again. He did it to His Son hanging on the cross. Who are you and I to put limits on what God can do? Thank you for listening to this podcast from First United Methodist Church of DeRitter, Louisiana. Find out more about us at fumcderitter.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash fumcdr. Have a blessed day.